It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to BGN Radio. He's at the 20, the 10. He is in for the touchdown. Coast to coast, Josh Huff. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. a victory show that uh, it feels good it feels good everybody welcome to episode number 120 right here on bgn radio as the game has just uh, finished about 20 minutes ago and uh, we're just getting all of our thoughts out here and of course again like always if you are listening to us on itunes or soundcloud stitcher whatever it is please rate review subscribe and uh, give us your feedback it's how we help grow the podcast and do fun radio shows on 97.5 The Fanatic and all that good stuff. But uh, to my rights to uh, be with all the glory and all of the hate and everything else, Mr. Matt Daring, what's happening, buddy? John, I hurt my toe doing nothing, and I'm feeling like an old piece of crap. <laughs> uh, was there beer involved in the, in the toe breaking? Maybe a little... No, I wish. Something? That would be a cool story. People are going to say, what happened? I was, I don't know, sitting. <laughs> I got up and it hurt. I don't know. <laughs> I uh, ate a sandwich and wasn't feeling so great, so I took some Advil. Uh, uh, but uh, again, the uh, thirty-nine to seventeen victory, just like everyone predicted, and uh, you know everything was gone gone so smoothly that we knew this was coming. Look, I, the really only big things that we can say here is yes, we knew the Saints were a bad football team coming in here. Uh, I thought the game planning was superb uh, throughout this entire game. The Bradford two interceptions in the re- uh, in the uh, you know in the red zone back to back, not ideal, not ideal at all. Uh, any other team, it probably wouldn't have turned out that way. But luckily, at that bu- buffer, they all kind of bounced back. Uh, Bradford was playing pretty well in between the twenties, leading up to that stuff. Fletcher Cox just in a, a monster game. Jordan Hicks a monster game. Uh, Walter Thurman again with the pick towards the end, extend him already. And I think Matt would agree with me on that. 
what that's a, that's been a great find so far. But uh, Matt, overall, your thoughts on this uh, on this victory? Uh, this was great. I, all the phases, you know. I don't think we had any of those awful. Well, I mean, the, the Reds are well. We'll get to that. I think that the offense looked fantastic once they once they were able to kick the rust off, and you know they. All phases, the blocking up front was pretty good. Um, the throwing, the catching, not so good, but the running. Uh, and then the defense, of course, just played out of their minds. They really took over this game at times. You know, there was nothing doing for a lot of this game uh, from the the Saints. You know, just couldn't get a word in edgewise. A um, couple of breakdowns, some some bad stuff towards the end, but it never really felt like this game was out of their control. And that was a good feeling because I don't know about you, Johnny, but I actually had fun. Yeah. And I don't think I've had fun yet this season uh, where I just sort of sit there and I watch it and I, I sit here on my couch and I sweat into my couch and I, you know, I get all greasy on the forehead. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, maybe you don't. Maybe I'm a disgusting <laughs> guy. But I, uh, you know, you just sit there and you just uh, you feel awful. But this was awesome. This was so much fun. Like what a great game against, you know, sure, they're not the same team they used to be. But this is Drew Brees we're talking about. And they were able to hang 40 points and keep him to just 17, and seven of those came on the last play of the game. I mean, really, really fun game to watch. Yeah, a, a Sturgis extra point away from uh, from hitting 40. And, uh, you know, that's the thing. I mean, you can be – you can say that. I think it's a fair thing to say, like, hey, it's the Saints. You can't get too crazy about this thing. But if you are also one of those people who are coming into this and saying, well, if Kurt Cousins can tear this defense apart, then Drew Brees certainly will – and they they didn't they didn't. I mean, there was a few times there where it was it was a lot of bend don't break. Uh, they still, despite those turnovers, still kept a bottle on everything there. Uh, the early touchdown that drive wasn't so great, but everything else outside of that, the offense included too, played really great uh, moving forward there. And I know that there's still a couple of look. We're gonna have that Bradford debate back and forth uh, every every game of every snap as I you know peek over at Nick Foles' stat line and boy does that look good. Uh, uh, it, 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 yeah. Uh, shout out to everybody who's yelling at me on Twitter about Bradford. I really appreciate it. <laughs> and me too. Look, yeah, you can. We love it. You can. Uh, you can do it however you want. Like there was there was points in the game where he didn't look too sharp, but I mean, you can't really ask for much more than. Uh, well, you can't ask for much more. I, I apologize, but uh, he still looks sharp in, in between the twenties. There, it was one of the reasons why it was kind of stalling out. Uh, but overall, I thought it was. I thought it, he did a pretty decent job, and we'll go through vines and you know make sure that we're we are all seeing what we we're believing there, good or bad. Um, but more importantly, running game was there. Uh, if the Eagles couldn't do this against this bad of a defense here, uh, then then it's really time to start worrying. Although I will say, and I don't know if you saw this too, Matt. I thought Demarco Murray played okay. I still think that there were times where you didn't see that the burst was there, uh, and certainly. A lot of the east to west instead of the north and south stuff, which kind of relates, I don't know, to the vision problems that you've you've kind of seen about leaving that meat on the bone, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't think it was, you know, uh, that off-putting or anything. I don't think he missed a ton, but there were, you know, two or three runs towards the end there where I really thought he missed the hole and missed some big yards. Uh, but Matthews, Murray going forward, do you still care at this point or – just ride the hot hand. Where are your thoughts on the running back situation now? Yeah, I guess ride the hot hand is as good a, is as good a way to put it as any. I, I one thing that struck out to me was that Murray seemed a little hesitant to put his foot in the ground and then cut up field. Did you notice that? I mean, there was a couple yeah. of times where you even saw him. You saw him look and 
I don't know if it was um, if he's like if he's mentally locked up. I mean, God knows that happens to people. But, you know, if he if he's mentally locked up or if he's, um, you know, just afraid to do it. But then we saw a couple of times, too, where he slipped. And I just wonder if he was not feeling, you know, cutting like he's used to. Um, like we saw him, he just went down like pretty much untouched when he tried to do something in the backfield. You remember that? It was, um, it was like in the third, it was in the second half sometime, but he, yeah. uh, you know, he just sort of did a stutter step and then whoopsie daisy, you know, like he's, <laughs> like he's two years old or me after I've had a few. So I don't know if that's really, that was the one thing that I think stuck out to me was that I wonder if Murray's a little gun shy. Um, cause that would actually explain a lot, but beyond that, I mean, Ryan Matthews is obviously able to get it done, and and Murray was you know less able, less so. Um, Matthews is a really impressive runner. Yeah, you know, I, I guess this probably isn't news to a lot of people, but his big problem has always just been his health and his availability. But he is a really, really impressive runner because you know, like we've been talking about, he's not like the lightning; he's just more thunder. He is like a big, fast dude, and he will like mess up your day if you're not careful. I I think I think Matthews is is uh you know as good a running back as as Murray is for sure. Yeah, and this is the kind of situation that Murray's contract might get you in now because Brian Matthews and is he is he also 3 years I forget his deal. 2 or 3, yeah, or three he's, years. He's like 3 years 7 million dollars or something. Yeah, Maybe yeah. it's 11 something. Yeah. Well, in that case I'll I'll rephrase it because I think at this point I don't really care like if you if there's wasted resources there or not. I think more or less Murray just needs to be well, no, it's just whatever's working. But you're right. I mean, Ryan Matthews has never been, you know, a, a just a shifty guy or just a power guy. He's both of those things. Like he can cut up fast. He can get, he can find the hole. His vision's really great, and he's very violent when he runs. Uh, and it's just well, and plus the dark visor, ladies and gentlemen, makes it low makes him look with that more much more badass, which I like too. But yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. And and look, there's. I I don't I don't know. We can we can still go back and forth on on spending the money on Murray and et cetera et cetera. Doesn't look great right now, uh, but at least they even got, here as Amir Abdullah has two fumbles today. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah, that's that's the truth too. It's just the, there's I, I always keep going back to like yeah, you could have drafted a running back, but then who are you taking off of the draft board? You know, at, at this point. So uh, regardless of that, still pretty decent in the air, still able to get open there. I think he had over 100 combined, 82 on the ground. Um, but, yeah, it was it was really nice to see the offensive line kind of move some guys off the ball. Uh, but we want to hear your reactions, too. So let's uh, quickly go to the phones here. We want to hear from you. Call the Duncan Philly Anytime Hotline. Leave us a message and we'll put you on the air. 267-245-6066. That's 267-245-6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. What's up, BGN? Stephen Lee from West Palm Beach, Florida, checking in here. And man, did that game not just breathe new life into this season? It'd be one thing to come out here and win 27 to 26 or, you know, 30 to 27. But, man, we put it on the Saints today, as it should have been done. They're not a very good team. And realistically, this score should have been, you know, 56 to 10, if not for Bradford's uh, two errant throws in the uh, in the red zone there. Our defense played phenomenal. It was good to see Mufasa get a forced fumble out there. Jordan Hicks is all over the place. Fletcher Cox, arguably the best, well, I don't even know if it's arguable, the best player on this team. This guy should be an all-pro and a pro bowler. I don't know how he wasn't last year, but it's good to see him get those sack numbers as well. 
So uh, this is a great victory. I'm feeling feeling really, really, really good going into next week. Obviously a big division game, but I think finally got the ball, ball rolling on offense. Uh, DeMarco, obviously, he, he looked a little stagnant at times, but still was able to get some things moving. Ryan Matthews looked incredible, and uh, I was just really pleased with uh, with the overall outcome of the game. This makes the whole week so much better. Uh, so thanks, guys. Later. Of course, my man, Stephen Lee is there. And, yeah, I mean, Matt, we, let's let's. How get... cool is it that he calls in all the time? I love, I love that. I love yeah, that. Stephen's our guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's let's get the, uh, the, the Fletcher Cox praise going here because, good Lord, and it's true, anybody besides J.J. Watt, uh, I think it is that and Fletcher Cox, 1-2 in the National Football League, and I really don't understand any argument other than that. This guy was an absolute monster today with the sacks, with the forced fumbles, recovering his own fumble. Like, that was... You never see that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so impressive a performance from, from him and just what you all expected moving into the season of how dominant this guy could be. And the funniest part, Matt, was... Tony Saragusa is is trying to praise Pede as this rookie, you know, doing a really good job. And on the very next place that every time he tries to describe how well he's doing, it's Drew Brees getting blown up or the running back getting blown up by him. But just another phenomenal day from Fletcher Cox. Yeah, you know, it is. I think this is probably, you know, even counting stats aside, I think this has just been one of the one of those probably the, his two or three best games as an Eagle. I mean. He's always had a little bit of trouble getting these counting stats. I just love this sort of these this two gap technique that they that they love their guys to play because it almost gives them like a shark in the water kind of thing where it's like, look out, like don't go near that guard because there's a guy who's just biding his time, sort of waiting to reach out and snap you up if you're not careful. You know, you know what I mean? Like like behind every lineman when they get them stacked up and, and parallel to the line like they like to, behind every lineman, there's like a big scary defensive lineman, you know, so, so if you're a running back and you're thinking about, should I go left of the guard or should I go right of the guard? Like, don't, don't do either of those things because there's a guy right there and he's waiting to, he's waiting to tackle you. Uh, Benny Logan also really yeah, had a great awesome game. game. Yep. Yeah. He was in, he was in on what, four or five plays in the backfield. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. That dude, that dude moves. He can really move like a nose tackle shouldn't move that way. And of course, you know, everybody talked about how Benny Logan blew the last saints game for us. Well, like, I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think that you're going to be feeling that way anymore. I mean, Benny Logan is a legitimate player. I think between those two, you're going to be giving out some pretty hefty contracts coming soon. Well, yeah, and that takes me to Jordan Hicks here, who's, uh, again, uh, Jesus. I mean, like, from just just the mentality of most Eagles fans with him being selected in the third round and, oh, my God, who is this, to even we were just talking off air. When Matt and I saw this guy on tape afterwards – it's just kind of like, all right, you know, it, it looked like a, a middle-of-the-road inside linebacker who played a 4-3, who's really smart, et cetera, et cetera, even though... Yeah, he was able to He was so able to scoot to some plays, you know, it was fine. But, I, you know, I was excited, I guess, but, you know, he wasn't like... He didn't, like, jump off the... Uh, jump out of the tape for me. Well, certainly not in year one. No, I, and, and you look at, you know, his spark score and how athletic this guy is, and it never really showed up while he was playing in Texas. And we, it's just one of those things sometimes where a better pro than, than you were a college player. And I don't know if that happens a lot, but it seems like it with Jordan Hicks here. Matt. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that um, 
I think you really nailed it. Like if he, he, he is that sort of guy who I think needs, he needs more responsibility and he needs better guys around him to really, um, to really take that, that next step. But I think that, no, that, that's, that's not nearly complimentary enough of him. This kid is incredibly bright and he can really move. Like, I think that the sky's a limit for him as far as that's concerned. I have no idea, you know, why he was able to last as long as he did. I guess, you know, he had some injury issues. He missed a couple of years in college, but, but man, oh man, he can move. Did you see him? He leapt up and he almost got, he almost had that pick there late in the game. I mean, that was a, that was impressive stuff for a guy that size to, to try to extend and do that. Like, I don't, you know, who can do that? I don't know if, um, I don't know if uh, even like Kendricks or somebody could do something like that. And just just seeing him out there, he's always around the ball. He had another fumble recovery. I think they said on Twitter and, and all the beats tweeted it at the same time, which means <laughs> it came in over the intercom, but yeah. uh, that he is the first uh, Eagles rookie linebacker to have three fumble recoveries since uh, current Browns GM Ray Farmer in 1996. So, you know, take with that what you will. That's 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 incredible stat, I guess. But um. I, you know, I just think that we we keep, we keep talking about him. Here he is. He's pressed into service. Everybody sort of rolled their eyes at him, and he's playing like really well, like well enough that like if you know if and when Kendricks and and uh, Kiko come back, like who are you taking off? The, are you going to take him off the field? No way. That's what that's what I mean. Like there is we we all we, during the off season when we talked about Kiko Alonso, that's what Jordan Hicks was. In, you know, in his first year right here, this is what Kiko Alonso looked like in his first year. Just completely dominant. And I would even say more instinctual, uh, too. Like, it, it, it's crazy how he knows exactly where to be, blowing up, uh, you know, the, a couple of times in the, in the backfield there. And you're right. I mean, even on that last tip pass, and I even heard the color commentator, who I forget, who was uh, announcing, but... Uh, you know, he's like, oh, should have had that one. It's like, what are you, what are you kidding me? Out of a linebacker? Like, that's that's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Uh, uh, what are you talking about? So, yeah, along with that, and if he just learns how to, again, become maybe a little more, uh, the pa- his pass rushing skills, if he can maximize that a little more, too, as he grows, which obviously he will. Uh, I mean, th- this is year one in the NFL. Yeah, I think that's, it, that's probably the only error. That's probably the only area I think where he has a clear advantage over Kendricks. Yeah, is, is the pass rush. I think you know, and if you if you if he can get a, you know two clicks better at that, then I don't see any reason why Kendricks needs to stay on the field. Ooh, that's a hot one. <laughs> well, or Kiko, it doesn't you know whatever whatever kind of comes in there. But again, that's a good problem to have, and I think that's one of the things that we always talked about after the selection: the best player who is available on the board, and it was so. That was correct. Uh, you know, the other things are we can be completely debatable. And this morning, again, we went through 2014 and why that kind of held this team back for a year. But today, it does not matter. I mean, 39 points on the Saints is a good feeling. That That's something you should feel great about. That's what you're supposed to do against these type of football teams. Uh, everything started clicking a little better today. Again, game by game, this team gets a little better in some areas, you know. Uh, I think they backtrack in some others, but they still continually get better. I don't know, again, how how good this team is uh, moving forward here. Uh, you still like their chances against the uh, the Giants, uh, and they're going to play tonight. Uh, and if we have an update on that or the Dallas game that's going on, we'll put that on at the end. But, uh, I mean, really, it's just going to go as far as this offensive line and Sam Bradford are going to go here, Matt. And, and so far... I don't know. I think I'm a little more positive on that moving forward 
than a lot of other people are, but you know, are, are your, is this kind of have a little uptick for you as far as, yeah, maybe, maybe we can start talking about the division again. Maybe you can start talking about a playoff run. Uh, obviously we wouldn't be doing that if it was one and four, two and three makes a huge difference, but what are your feelings now on the next couple of weeks that they have to go in and attack here? Yeah, I don't know. I never really got that. There's a time to talk about things and there's a time not to talk about things. It always just seemed like the sort of thing that jerks always talk about, but, um, so here I am, but, um, I think that I think that yeah, and saying this team lives and dies by its quarterback and its offensive line—that's not really, you know, that's not really such an out there kind of thought. I think that the pieces are around them for this to be really good. You know, they have some good pass catchers. They have guys who can succeed in lots of different levels of the game and in lots of different types of ways. You know, they have a stable of running backs. That when the offensive line is there, that you know they're able to bring in some talent and some fresh legs. You know, maybe they're not. Um, Maybe they're not as good as, uh, you, you know, individually, they're not as good as the top guys and everywhere else. But these are three guys who each can win in their own special way. And, uh, yeah, I just think that that if you if you look at this game today and you evaluate this game based on that against the Saints team, which is uh, pretty bad, but, you know, at least up front, they're OK. If you look at this, I think that this is really something to build off of, and this is really a cause for us to to be a little hopeful and to start thinking about it. I mean, we're watching Brandon Whedon right now play against the the Patriots, and I mean they're going nowhere fast. Uh, we watched uh, we watched uh, Kurt Cousins, Kevin Cousins, Kenny Cousins today uh, toss a pick six and six in overtime, and we got Eli on the night. And he's uh, he's going to do God knows what. Well, it's the, the Niners is probably yeah probably not going to be that yeah not probably, great. For, but, but, you know, we're sitting here, we're two and three and we're, you know, kind of in the driver's seat. Like, that's something. And I think that, you know, you have a lot of cause to be hopeful. We were able to, to put 40 points on the board. That's a lot of points. Uh, and this is uh, something that we also noticed, too, is just, you know, Kelly going forward on, on fourth down multiple times, even in his press conference, he's saying is because he's he has that much confidence in the team's defense. And I don't know, it's probably a game by game thing here. But, you know, <laughs> again, with the Caleb Sturgis miss. Kind of makes it a little worried there, uh, moving forward. But that, that's always going to be there. Like we can we can go over, you know, kicking routines and uh, you know who who they should have kept and who they should have tried out. But it's it's probably not going to change. But again, I think that's more of a positive thing moving forward. If that's how the defense is playing during you know certain times, I don't know if he's going to necessarily do that uh, because of the points though. I mean, I think that's more or less like I feel really comfortable because they're kicking everybody's butt. Uh, I, I wouldn't expect that to continue unless they have the game in hand. Or do you think that switches now uh, with the kind of indecisiveness? As, I mean, it was a 53-yard field goal, so it's not like it was, you know, some chip shot that they're moving on from here. But is that something more and more that you will think we'll see, Matt? Or is this kind of just how it is against the Saints? Boy, I have no idea. I think I've been around long enough to know that we're really we're really pretty bad at guessing this because it seems like Kelly is in general more conservative than we'd like and expect him to be. But um, I don't know. I mean, it also seems like you know if you have a guy like Caleb Sturgis, and let's be clear, Caleb Sturgis is pretty crappy. He's you know he sucks. But uh, if you have a guy like that, I guess I mean that is the sort of suck suckitude that that might dictate game plan. So. You know, it's hard to tell. Kelly never makes exceptions until he does. So it's hard to say. That's right. Uh, and let's go back to the quarterback play for a second, because I know it's been kind of, uh, listen, when it comes down to what the Eagles paid for Sam Bradford, yeah, they probably overpaid. They, they probably did for, for what you're going to get in the skills and everything. As of now, I would agree with you. 
I, you know, there, there are things that I still think are still are, are positive. There's still a lot of drops today. Uh, and they still put up 39 points. Bradford. That damn equipment manager. I know, right? Damn it, Howie. Stop changing the gloves out, man. I don't know what's happening with that. But there are, you know, Jordan Matthews was probably my only biggest concern here. Um, I mean, the drops were a thing in college. He kind of corrected them as the year went on last year. Uh, it just kind of all over the place here. Um, even, you know, touchdown catches, everything else. Granted that Selleck probably, or was it Ertz? I can't remember. There was a... There was a throw into the end zone that got flagged, uh, uh, offensive pass interference by Nelson Aguilar. Oh, that was Matthews. Oh, that was Matthews again. So, uh, I, I don't know. What are the struggles there? I mean, it's it's really hard to teach a guy like, hey, stop dropping the ball. Is that just more get on the jugs? <laughs> get on the jugs machine. Catch tennis balls, whatever you have to do. How do you fix the drop situation, Matt? Jeez, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I have no it's, idea. It's, it's weird I mean, thing. I don't know. I get everybody... Uh, Get everybody nice and sleepy, like slip them some Benadryl so maybe they don't get they're a little less jittery. I have I have no earthly idea how you how you fix this. I'm you know, I'm sure that I'm sure if you polled 20 college coach or 20, you know, NFL coaches, you'd get 20 different answers, too. So, you know, I'm not sure that there's like one established way to do it. But man, oh, man, it was it was ugly today. And the fact that they managed to put up 40 points, you know, despite everybody's best efforts, I, you know, you got to like that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, for sure. And. You know, we we brought it up just a little bit, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it home again. Nick Foles threw 30 passes today, uh, 141 yards, 11 of them completed, one touchdown, four interceptions. Now I know that anybody walking into the Green Bay is gonna struggle, but this is the same thing that we've seen out of the Rams for years now since Jeff Fisher has been there. The Rams uh, and Foles and everybody else. Like they are so far average that it it's ridiculous, <laughs> you know. Like it, it, that's why I where, wherever you think about Bradford, this is what I meant to say earlier. They still had to move on from Nick Foles. They did. Yeah, yeah. you know, as people say, and I said this on Twitter, as people say, shooters shoot, right? And I really yes. think that that's that's what it was. I mean, this was this was a shooter shooting. And look, if it doesn't happen. It's like Cardell Jones tweeting at Ronda Rousey. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But shooters shoot, so you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta just pick your shot and take it. And I, you know, I think this was them taking their shot. I don't think that, you know, yeah, sure, we'll probably say that, you know, they had something to lose, and that would be our sanity or whatever else. But you know, and that's that's one thing. But uh, yeah, just just shooters shoot, you know, and and Chip Kelly's a shooter, so he's shooting. And that's this is what happens. It's not it's not the best, you know, but it's not the worst, and it's something. So, you know, let's uh, let's ride it, ride it, ride it or die. Well, and this is the thing that I think that's that kind of gets caught up in this, and we touched on that a, a couple of times this week on on you know the podcast, the radio show, everything else, man. Um, I, I don't know, are, were people's expectations, including my own and maybe everyone else's, maybe just a little bit too high for this team? You know, was it too? Hey, we're gonna see how this thing works out, and if it does, great. But you know, I, I don't know. I think people look at this and go, "Okay, well, it's just still, it's basically still last year's team. Like, it's good, it's not great. The moves still really aren't working out." But do you think that this is a better? And it's, it's a really hard thing to answer, but we'll, we'll just speculate. Do you think that this team is easier to build from at this point than it was? 
from the 2014 team. If Kerry Williams was still there, let's say Bradley Fletcher was gone, he filled in some other spot, and that was Maxwell on that side or whatever. But is this team, can you move forward a little quicker with the base of this team right now? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, they're certainly built to, I mean, if Bradford doesn't work out, they're they're built to swap somebody new in. So, you know, if whoever whoever that might be and, you know, you got to hope that it's that Sam really, you know, plays well enough for him to be that guy. But if he isn't, you know, they'll just bring in somebody else. If that's somebody in the draft, if that's somebody who's free agency, if it's, you know, another stopgap, if it's Mark Sanchez or God knows what, you know, they're, they're built to drop somebody in. So uh, I certainly think that this, I mean, I guess this question is, do you think this team is better this year than they were last year? And that is undoubtedly the case. This is a much better team this year than it was last year. Um, and you know, I mean, th- I really think that's that's all there is to it. I, I think that that is, in a nutshell, uh, the summary for this season. Jesus Christ, Detroit, have some self-respect. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I'm guessing that they are currently struggling right now. But that's that again. That's where I am. Uh, that's where I'm at too. And if you, I think some some people just forget just how bad the first four games of 2014 really were the struggles that were there. Yeah. They were still putting up points. And yeah, a lot of the times it kind of looked like this, like it was still, this game was not perfect. It was, it was sloppy. There were sloppy parts in there, but for the most part, um, you know, the offense was humming. So I, that's where I'm at too, man. Like I, you can't tell me that the team in 2014 was probably easily one in three, two and three, uh, and they sh- they should have been not three and one not nine and three. There's no way they should have done that. The offense was anemic. Like there was there was nothing. Yeah, well they had forward. they had three games that they won on defensive and uh, special teams points. You know, I think that when people talked about that, I think BLG had a post about how they should have been about three and four in their first seven games. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so there's, I I don't know. That's why we, I think we get caught up so much in the results. And you should like you shouldn't be like. You know the the process, the process, the process. This isn't the Sixers. Like it's in a, it's in a completely different shift. It's a completely different sport. Um, but that's that's what I mean. So when you, when you the the process of this, I think is better. And there are still mistakes that were made there. You know, we can all, always argue um, that Mathis, and we can argue Macklin and and Demarco Murray and all that stuff. That's and that's all valid. Like I don't think we'll ever have the answer until the end of the year. Uh, I know a lot of people are jumping on Murray looks cooked. And today was the first time that I actually did notice a lot of that. I mean, the offensive line uh, was blocking well for him. He still wasn't adjusting to that. So definitely, I think there is, there's some credence to that, but we always do this in Philadelphia where, and it happened again today. Like when you're, when the timeline, you just did a whole bunch of timeline shitters of just like, they put in Sanchez. This is fucking sucks. I can't take this anymore. It's over. The season's over. And then all of a sudden, 30 minutes later, everybody's like, yeah. And it's the same thing with Josh Huff, who, by the way, really enjoyed the touchdown flip. I don't care who anybody says. I don't did not I didn't want to act like we've been there before. I wanted a little bit of that swagger, and that was that was awesome today. Um, but this is this is what I mean. Like we're it's such a we're so reactionary, and not that we shouldn't be, that's the process of a football game. But good lord, I mean, it's just like Give it, give it a quarter. Give it two quarters. Just like Matt was saying, it never really felt out of control, not at a loss uh, throughout the entire game. It seemed like it was a dominant thing that was going on here, but 
I don't understand that, man. I, I just, I like, there is, there is absolutely no time given during the game, during the season, for these things to kind of work themselves out. I and I don't know, no real questions there, Matt. I just, it, it's just it, to me that's really frustrating to kind of watch a game. People are already declaring things before the game is over and stuff like that. And I don't know. I, I, I feel like that's kind of encapsulated this entire season. There's been, there's been given no time for this team to kind of develop and get where they need to be. And maybe they don't, maybe they're still a bad team and I'm just glowing in the wind, but I don't care. Like you have to have to have to have to give these things time. We have these memories fresh in our head about, um, times when they didn't capitalize and i think that was sort of the sentiment was that you know going into the first half they had like gained 300 yards of offense and had 10 points to show for it and so i think the people were sort of considering that like you know rather than that being some indication of how the rest of the game was going to go that you know if we were able to move the ball on them easily that this was going to be you know uh, an easy thing for us to do uh, or that it was going to be a well, so, so the, you know, if you move the ball that easily, chances are good that you're going to be able to continue to move the ball. But I think most people sort of had the opposite approach, which is that if you're moving the ball that easily and you only have so many points that like we blew it, you know, we blew our wad and we weren't able to get the uh, uh, the um, we weren't going to be able to get those points back. We weren't going to be able to keep doing it that we weren't able to capitalize on our opportunities like we should have. And so that we had sort of screwed ourselves over. And, and I guess I understand that. I think we have some things fresh in our mind about that. Um, relatively fresh in our mind about just times when we sort of moved the ball easily and weren't able to come up with anything for it. And by the time we did, it was too late, but I just think that, you know, I don't know, have a little faith, right? What does it cost you? You know, I think that's probably that's probably the biggest thing that I can say is that, like, look, you watch this team. This team was like like clearly dominating the Saints, you know, uh, and the so to, to sort of be to, to feel so bad about it so early in the game. I think that, you know, you're, you're really doing them a disservice, not that they give a shit, but, you know, nevertheless, you're doing them a disservice because <laughs> this was a this was a well a well played game, I think. Uh, those two red zone interceptions aside. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, I thought everything was was great in a couple of the defensive drives early. Uh, and our friend John Gonzalez also checking in. Chip Kelly update. Week one, idiot. Week two, fraud. Week three, genius. Week four, dope. Week five, oh my God, so smart. And and that, <laughs> and that is that is it. That's perfect. That's exactly how a lot of a lot of the phone calls felt like that this morning too, where you're just like you're just trying to have. A little perspective, a little everything else that's going on here. It's not a great team, but it's a good team, uh, and for for me, that's good enough here. It's just a, you know, if if this offensive line can continue to be like more like this, then I think you got to feel a lot uh, a lot confident a lot a lot confident a lot more confident uh, uh, moving forward, especially against the Giants, who's coming up next. Who guess what? Also doesn't have the greatest defensive line in the world. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, it's just there is uh, I, I, I think there's still we, we all clamored. And oh, this is why I brought it up in the first place. We all clamored for Josh Huff. Where is he? Where is this guy? Is he just missing? And I, I, I more or less think that that was more of a doghouse thing that was going on since he was saying like, uh, yeah, they were calling out the place. The, you know, if he was 100 percent healthy and in, in everything else, it just seemed like and he had to be there today because. Uh, you know, Aguilar went down a little early. He got a little more reps. He was already in there pretty much going forward anyway, but 
and everybody all of a sudden loves Josh Huff. It's just like, well, yes, we, we knew he had all these skills here. Let's just give it a little bit and figure out what's going on. And, uh, I, yeah, what was your feelings with with Josh Huff today? Because I thought he played great. Yeah, that was really fun. I love him. He's like, a, I think I called him a human bicep. Like, that's just <laughs> that's really what he is. What he is just yeah. Like, yeah, he's just like, he's just this big sort of rocked up round kind of guy. He's like, he's got this such a, such an interesting kind of body type and a, like a cool set of skills. Like he's just, you know, he's got the balance and he's got the power and, you know, he is sort of that same kind of, you know, put your head down and run through the guy. And we, I think we saw that, you know, not on his big catch, but he had, a, he had another catch later on where he just like put his head down and he was like, I'm getting three more yards out of this catch and there's nothing you can do to stop me. I dare you. Uh, you know, I, I just think that, from uh, for my money, I'd say there was a health issue that you know he missed a, he missed a lot of time and then you know he missed more time in practice and stuff like that. And if you don't practice, you don't play. And that seems like something that Chip has been pretty consistent on. So you know, I just think that as far as why we hadn't seen him more, it's just got to be because he just hasn't been healthy. He's been he's been really struggling to to stay on the field. He's been dealing with a hamstring issue, um, and uh, you know, so I think that's why he barely played last week because he missed all that time the week before. But now I think, you know, he's back out there and he's, I think he's ready to do some work because he is like, he is, he is going to eat if he plays outside yeah. especially against some of these like soft guys, guys who aren't used to being actually run into because they're used to playing against their own soft guys. You know, a lot of these cornerbacks are like just really not interested in it. So I think this is going to be a, this is going to be a huge opportunity. And actually I think we saw that today from a couple of guys, we saw guys like really fighting through contact and it paid off. You know, we yep. saw a lot of broken tackles, guys who caught the ball turn. There was a defender there. And usually the guys will just be like, all right, and they'll let the defender ride him out of bounds. But, you know, maybe somebody got in their head or maybe they just decided to try something new this week. But they were like, you know, I'm not just going to let these defender ride me out of bounds. And they fought through it. And it, it worked out a couple of times. We saw Murray fight through some guys. Um, we saw Ertz take one for, you know, take one for a while before the and the refs were letting him play. Uh, we saw, you know, we saw that pay off a couple of times. And I think that, you know, if you want to keep doing that, like you're going to if you're going to force these guys to finish the tackles, I think that, you know, what you're going to find is that especially on a guy like Josh Huff, who's not your prototypical wide receiver, you know, he's not your prototypical five foot nine, 185 pound kind of guy. He I think that's the sort of thing that that um that could really start to pay off because, you know, you're going to see maybe they pick up four yards here or there, but maybe they pick them up and, you know, the safety's already jogging back to position for the next play. And, you know, they're able to crack off an extra 20 yards because the people aren't paying attention. So. Yeah, absolutely. And a couple of other quotes that are coming in right now. This is coming from Ruben Frank over at uh, CSN Philly. Jason Kelsey chiming in. This was the first time this year that we felt in a situation where we needed to run the ball and we did a good job of it. We gave Sam time to throw, and we gave uh, you know we gave the backs room to make plays. If we do that, it's going to be very, very, very hard to stop us. There's also coming in. This is kind of interesting here. A bunch of players have said that Sam Bradford gathered the offense in the shower just before kickoff and gave a big motivational speech. And there was a, there were a lot of people saying it was really cool of him to do that. There was a leadership quality of Sam that we haven't seen from before. Gathering in the shower, baby. That's what it's all about. Okay, well, let's have a quick meeting. All right, Sam, where do you want to do it? Well, let's check out the shower. I think there's room in there. <laughs> Anybody got an extra towel? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just that. All right, guys, good. put your doodles in the middle. <laughs> Told you I was bigger. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, and then let, let's go get them. One, two, three. But again, that's 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 a good positive sign to see i wonder what they were thinking after those two interceptions i was like ah man the speech was bullshit <laughs> or something like that going on but um that's that's cool to hear and see and uh again we'll have 
more articles, more breakdowns, more of everything. Uh, Matt, give us your final thoughts as we're rolling out here. I just can't get over how good it is to watch the Eagles and not feel like crap about it. I, you know, I just, uh, it's been so hard and I, I'm just so glad that like, like this was so fun and it was so worth it. This was, this was really worth the wait. I think that's going to be the, the, the thought that I go out on is that like watching this all come together and watching them just step all over Drew Brees, stupid face and, <laughs> and Rob Ryan's like big greasy wig. Like I just thought that this was a great, great thing to watch. Yeah. It's, it was, it was needed for everybody, the team, the fans, all of that. Um, I had said this team will probably be two and three or three and two out of the jump. It just depends now on what happens. So, Patriots, do your thing. Headshot. San Francisco, if you can somehow help this fan base out, that would be great, but we're not expecting it. Have some self-respect. Yes, for the love of Pete. Mm. Uh, But either way, it's going to be a a great, uh, hopefully great, interesting matchup next week as the Eagles take on the Giants. That's going to do it for us, for myself, John Barchard, for Mr. Matt Daring. We want to thank you for listening. To BGN Radio, episode number 120, right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. Nick Foles. Who? Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcast, and we thank you for choosing ours. You've been listening to BGN Radio, right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.